I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hey folks, Sarah and Sarah here from Feisty Media's If We Were Riding podcast. So Sarah, do you remember last year when we created the feistiest team in endurance sports? Oh, I remember. <laughs> it's a, okay. It's a team that faces challenges head on, understands the connection between mental and physical health, understands the value of a good laugh. We definitely understand that. Um, and aims to get the best out of ourselves and each other in sport and life. Yeah. So we've had a full year of virtual happy hours and expert talks, team challenges, awesome prizes, and swag. And we are ready to open the door for year two of the Feisty Team. We are relaunching officially, but that's not all. They wouldn't call us feisty if we didn't have something extra up our sleeves. <laughs> so this year, since racing is kicking off again, we decided to kick off even harder. On May 18th to 20th, we'll be hosting the Level Up Summit, which is three evenings of learning and fun to set the tone for 2021. At Level Up, we'll discuss everything you'll need to start your race season off with a bang. Work with your female physiology to get the best out of yourself and stay true to our community goal of creating a more inclusive sport. So when you sign up for the Feisty Team, you get access to the Level Up Summit for free. You can also sign up for the Summit separately if you wish, if you just want to get like a taste of what the Feisty Team is about. Head on over to FeistyTriathlon.com for all the deets. Yep, that's feistytriathlon.com, which is also a brand new website. Racing is back, and together we will level up. So, Sarah, we have some uh, musical accompaniment tonight Wait, just for like, the podcast. Everybody be, everybody be quiet for a moment. Can you hear it? <laughs> of course, now she's not playing. <laughs> Okay, so if we hear something in the background, um, it's because my daughter is having... This is like... I feel like this is like single mom life right here. This is like <laughs> the only time I had to record the podcast was now. But then I was looking at my schedule and I'm like, oh, Rosalie... There it is. <laughs> Rosalie actually has her piano lesson also now. So um, in the other room, we have the pianist, <laughs> Rosalie doing her lesson on Zoom. Um, and here we are recording the podcast. So I hope no one minds a little bit of um, musical accompaniment to our um, to our lovely voices this week. Yeah, it gives a little, you know, lounge feel. Uh, you know, we're, we're drinking our martinis, hanging out, a little right. tinkling of the ivories in the background. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so, Sarah, I have to ask you about this first, because this week, as I was perusing your social media, I come across this picture of your dog, like your giant mastiff 
big black head dog with like porcupine prickles like all over his schnoot like just like everywhere on his big lovable face so like what happened oh the poor guy yeah so ben buddy and i were up at my parents farm and we're going for a little hike and we hear this racket up ahead just trees kind of falling down like oh my goodness i have no idea what's going on up the hill and all of a sudden he comes lumbering out and pawing at his face and we notice that he has quills everywhere so yeah there are quills all over his jowls on his nose some on the roof of his mouth on his paw one of his paws and we're at the top of the hill we're like what are we gonna do like because trying to carry this dog all the way down we're just hoping that he can he can walk so ben encourages him to come down the hill because right, he's about like 150 pounds like you're not he, carrying no, him down no so no. our our previous dog ben the, this was actually really bad ben had to pull him out of uh porcupine hole and he had it everywhere in his chest, all of his paws, oh and he God. had to carry him. Um, but at yeah. the time, he was still pretty young. But yeah, there's no way we would have been carrying Buddy, who was frantically pawing at himself, going insane. Aww. Poor Buddy. And the problem is, my my parents' farm is kind of out there, so we have mm-hmm. to drive to the 24-hour urgent care vet clinic because everything else is closed. <laughs> And I'm in the back seat with this massive dog, like basically putting him in a headlock so that he doesn't make things worse, <laughs> just drooling everywhere. Oh. Like we're just having a wrestling match. I am covered in dog slobber, head to toe. Like we're just, uh-huh. you know, having this battle of wits. He's so distressed. I'm trying to com- comfort him. And then we get there and they're like, oh, yeah, 15 minutes we'll be able to see him. An hour later, and we're just sitting there trying to calm him down. And at this point, oh this God. is like two hours after, you know, we we he's gotten hit by the porcupine. Uh, they're able to sedate him, pull out the quills. He's fine. He's totally doped up. Uh, but today we're realizing that his other paw, not the one that got all quilled, uh, uh-huh. but his other front paw, he's not putting any weight on it. And oh, like, so he's maybe injured. We don't know. Like it's it's kind of like above where the pad is. It's super yeah. swollen, and he won't get out of bed. And we have to take him back to the vet. There no, there were no quills there. We don't know if like he broke his ankle or something. But he's in so much pain. Um, right. I know it's just this poor guy. Uh, but <laughs> but like, and, oh, okay. I feel like okay. What you put, like what I saw on your story, like yeah. what you're describing right now, is like because it's like this. This is a good example of how social media is just like a moment. Right? Mm. Like, there's no, there was no ability for me to know like that he was frantic in that moment. Like he actually looks in the pictures that I saw. He actually looks like Sight. calm, like almost like he's like accepted. He's like, yeah, porcupine, come at me with your quills. I don't care. I'm good. I, I like him anyway. Like that's what he looks like, you know. Like, but like now that you're saying it, I'm like, of course, of course, he's not fine. Well, like, so there were moments of that. And mm-hmm. when his mouth was open, it was okay. The problem is he would mm-hmm. try to close his mouth, and he had the quills in the roof of his mouth, and then he'd start freaking out. Uh, so we just were trying to – how do you tell a dog to keep their mouth open? Yeah. <laughs> so there are moments where he was pretty pretty relaxed and other moments where he was just going insane. 
Um, yeah. You know, just my car is just destroyed now, but, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a whole ordeal. And like to remove them, we we didn't get. So there was a gold package. They're like, do you want the gold package with blood tests and uh, a oh, catheter yeah, just, IV? Like, like a- and I'm like, like, how much do you love your dog? Uh, gold, silver, or bronze? <laughs> I'm like, no, we're okay without the gold package. It was already $500. I can't yeah. even imagine. And we might have to get him like x-rayed and stuff. Can you imagine if we had gotten the gold package? But I felt like a bad dog mom at the time where I'm like, ooh, does this mean I don't love him? Because I don't want to spend extra money for him to get blood tests and everything. But. I'm okay with it. No. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. 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 Okay. At the risk of our intro being too long, which I mean, (laughs) is always the same with us. I have an excellent emergency dog story. Um, When I was in university, one of my um, housemates had a, had a dog, like a Labrador cross, like slightly smaller than a normal lab. And it was Thanksgiving. So same kind of situation, like all the vets were closed. It was Thanksgiving and he was called Indy and uh, he couldn't. Like he couldn't, he suddenly couldn't like jump up on the sofa. Like we were like, I, I don't, I don't exactly remember because honestly, I was in university a really long time ago. <laughs> but like, but like we we're like he couldn't jump and he was like acting really weird. Like he wasn't moving normally and he couldn't, like he couldn't get up on the sofa or the bed or anything. And so we're like, oh shit. She's like, I'm gonna have to call the vet. And um, we took him to like the emergency veterinary like freaking Thanksgiving. Um, she did an x-ray of him and it turns out Indy like happy Thanksgiving to Indy had got into his food like he just like got into the storage area where his big bag of food was kept and had just freaking gorged himself to the point that like his stomach was extended and he couldn't move (laughs) but but, like four hundred dollars in an x-ray later it was like it was like, oh fuck! Like, close the pantry door next time. You know? That's crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so, Indy was mm. psyched for like that ten minutes, and then mm-hmm. probably regretted it deeply. Yeah. Oh, no doubt he learned his lesson about overeating. Well, I feel like we've all had that lesson yeah. in our lives. Oh, well, hope hopefully Buddy has learned his lesson because I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna say next time we won't take him, but yeah. I'll be I'll be less psyched about it. Not that I was psyched. It was a miserable experience. Yeah, no doubt. And you're worried too, yeah. right? Oh like, yeah. What um okay, so next week we're gonna get the update then about the paw. Mm-hmm. The poor paw. Yeah, I had with my old dog. Oh my gosh. Now we're just on animal stories, but that's <laughs> per usual, I suppose. Um my old dog. He used to get as he got older, his like tendon would come out, you know, around one of his paws. Like I think I feel like it's kinda normal. I've heard this anyway, that sometimes older dogs, their tendons end up like in the wrong spot. Um that sounds and it just awful. like it can like flick back into place. Like I had a friend who used to like pick up her little dog and like flick the tendon back. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, he was like limping around and I thought that might be what it was and we couldn't get to the vet right away. And I was worried about getting him out to go to the bathroom because he couldn't like he walked very, very slowly on three paws, like as if, you know, the world was ending, you know. So I took him out and I didn't he was he was a good dog. He was really well trained and he didn't um, he didn't need a leash to walk generally. So like I didn't even bring the leash with me because I'm like, if we make it to the end of my street and back, like if he can like take a pee, that would be great, right? So we're out. He's like walking beside me so slow, like just 
it's death and dying, you know, like, Mikey, it's the end of his life, you know. And then he sees a cat. <laughs> and he just takes off, like, full tilt, like, after this cat. Which is why I now know that it was a tendon thing, because he, like, essentially, because he was just, like, went into, like, running normally mode, the tendon, like, flicked back into place. And he, and then afterwards, he was fine. He, he was just <laughs> messing with you. <laughs> So that after that, whatever, like, yeah, whatever, it would, like, kind of, he was, like, an older dog. So, like, whenever if, if the tendon would go to place and I'd see him limping around, I'd just, like, take him to the beach, let him chase a few seagulls, and everything would be fine. <laughs> so. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, anyway. I, we swear this is a triathlon-ish podcast. <laughs> triathlon-ish. <laughs> so, moving on from... Uh, animal content um coming up on the show we have a voicemail from a listener uh, we have unsolicited advice part two and so feisty news after this every day there seems to be a new wellness trend like eat this do this avoid those scary things and how do we know where to start and who to trust inside tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood dna lifestyle and fitness trackers this provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So, for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So, just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding, as in, if we were, change is an inside job, start inside. Okay, so this week we had a voicemail from Brenda. Yep. Um, Sarah, let's play that now. Good morning, Sarah and Sarah. I have been listening to this week's podcast. Uh, this is Brenda in Lake Placid, and I have been listening to this week's podcast, and I actually stopped in the middle of it so I could record this voice memo and not forget what it was that I wanted to comment on. But two things, both um, really related to what Sarah Gross had to say. And the first is, Sarah, I completely relate to you not having the emotional bandwidth to record um, last week, although I really missed you. And I was one of those three people that looked for it to download in the morning and it wasn't there. But um, I actually... And building my own business too. And it's a lot, it just takes a lot of emotional bandwidth. And I'm training for something pretty significant this summer with one of the Iron Women podcast hosts is my coach. And she can be pretty uh, relentless in her feedback, which is a great thing in a coach. But sometimes I find that I just need a break between building a business and having a business coach and training for something significant that although I can squeeze the time and find the time, I just found that last week I had to take 
time off um, because I was just emotionally overloaded. And I, I think this is a good thing to put out to the listeners with respect to training and, and balancing our lives. And even though we can convince ourselves that there is time there, when do we listen to our inner voice that says, I got to give myself a break and just like watch the office, right? Um, the other comment I wanted to make is, yes, take a finance class for business owners. You will find it to be one of the most valuable things that although you might not do your P&Ls and you might end up outsourcing that or hiring somebody to understand what you need to do on your year ends and your P&Ls and all of those different things is really, really important because you'll understand the questions to ask them and that's critical. Those are my comments for Friday morning. Thanks as always for a great podcast. Bye. Okay, so first of all, Brenda, I want to say thank you for the advice about the finance course. And um, we were laughing before the show started because like I was like, I said to Sarah, I'm like, what's a PNL? <laughs> <laughs> like I know. <laughs> and then and she, Sarah's like, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like this is underlining my need to take a finance course. And, like, I don't even know the acronyms. Um, and then I Google P&L finance, and it turns out it's P&L, profit and loss. <laughs> but we kind of we kind of like the kind of obvious. We're like salt and pepper, you know, P&L, <laughs> yeah. getting cool. <laughs> and I also learned in the process that P&L is a rap duo. So I don't know any oh, of their music. There you but, go. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what you get when you Google P&L. <laughs> Maybe maybe they so, took a finance course and they're like, forget this P like, and L nonsense. It should be P and L. <laughs> and forget this L. We're just like all profit. Profit and profit. Yeah, forget the loss. <laughs> just P. A whole lot of P all over just, this place. Just P. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> so where mm. where are you leaning on the whole course? What are you thinking? Um, I'm, I'm uncertain about the actual, like this, the specific course from Cornell that we were talking about last week. Um, but I am convinced about my need to educate myself a little bit better about business finance. Mm. Um, so it's just a matter of how. Yeah. Basically. So you can throw down expressions like PNL and feel really cool. I'll be like, like yeah, I'll be throwing out all the acronyms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I can't tell you how many things I've Googled. Like, that, you know, like, there's all kinds of, like, biz- the business acronyms are completely out of control. Like, I've seen several, like, TikToks and Reels and stuff about, like, people just talking in acronym language, you know. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'll, I'll try not to be that cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't help yourself. It's just natural. <laughs> business mogul. Uh, <laughs> somewhat related news about triathlon business mogul worlds. Did you see that uh, Picky Bars? So this is Jesse Thomas, Lauren Fleshman, Steph Bruce, their uh, food company, because it's more than bars, um, sold to Laird uh, Superfoods for $12 oh. million. I which did is not see that. So I know. It's so awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, they've been building up this business for years. I know Jesse, like he, he got his MBA and has just been working like crazy on it. Um, you know, they've, they've put so much 
sweat equity into it that especially jesse you know obviously steph and and lauren are are part of it but he's been like massively involved and it's just it's so cool to see athletes translate what they do into business and yeah you know in, in a case like this get rewarded for it where they they're going to be able to use uh you know the the laird superfoods i might be getting maybe it's just laird foods uh you know umbrella to be able to bring them to the next place which is so awesome yeah High we five. talked to them a little bit uh ahead of our women's performance summit um because they had they had shown interest in sponsorship i suspect at the time they were probably in negotiations or something oh i'm like they were yeah probably busy with other stuff now that you're saying this I'm like oh yeah that makes sense um because they're like seemed super keen um to partner and then kind of like didn't respond and that's usually a sign that someone's busy um but that's amazing good for them i think i actually think that like the qualities needed to be a sp- i don't know if it's like a pro athlete broadly but certainly a pro triathlete um and to be an entrepreneur are like massively overlapping mm. um in terms of having that right combination of like um that sort of self-start piece like of like being self-motivated every day getting up like what do I need to do like all of that stuff but also like the common also the combination of like ways of learning like you have to be coachable Mm. first of all you have to be able to learn through um like traditional ways like I remember reading so much crap about training like especially when I first started like Oh my gosh and then also like learning in your environment like taking things in like watching what other pros are doing training with other people talking to them learning from that like all of those things i think those a lot of that stuff helps for entrepreneurship and just like the ability to get shit done like um and not worry about how you're feeling on any given day you're just doing it um so i i think i could write a book about this actually well, maybe i will someday i think i think there's an a part of it too just about um you know your ability to compartmentalize where where uh, I think a lot of people probably struggle to really separate their ego and emotion from business. But as an, like to be a certain level of an athlete, you have to. Where you just look at the data and you're like, hey, listen, I'm not strong enough on the bike to be able to ride with that athlete when she rides by me. Like, I, I know my numbers. I, and it's okay. It is what it is. I want to be there. Um, yeah. But not... You know, it's it's that ability to not get too wrapped up in it and just have that that emotional distance where I think, you know, it is really hard for for some people to to be able to have that degree of separation. And you have for business, you have to. Right. Yeah. It it comes down to numbers. I'd almost say there's like a there's a tension that's held like, like that I see I've you know you and I have known like a lot of amazing athletes right and sometimes I see an almost crazy ability to believe that you can be in the best in the world mm. right like sometimes like I don't people vary on this one um for sure but like at some point if you're if you are going to go to a world championships you have to believe that you can go to a world championships or an olympic games or um and that you can compete against the people there and that takes like a level of self-belief that's um a pretty high level of self-belief and almost sometimes like a pausing of reality like you may not have all the evidence in front of you but you have to believe it and then on the the opposite level like that in that's just what I mean like the balance with what you just said of like that absolutely practical thing of like okay I believe I can compete in the best against the best in the world but right now my power numbers are here and compared to my weight and my 
and the position I'm currently in and whatever, like that's not good enough. And I need to like, absolutely like this is what I need to work on find the right people to help me work on it learn the right things and do the work right um, to to go so. for the big dreams you need to be an optimist like mm-hmm. but it needs to be a moderate level of optimism that really is grounded in like pragmatism um mm-hmm. yeah there's because mm-hmm. if you go too high on the I mean this is this is a whole nother part of psychology like if you go too high like with any emotion um there's a lot of uh, there is risk to being too high on the optimism scale where you start to ignore the numbers. You start to, you know, like invest in something that is not going to go anywhere um, where you do. Like, I think to be successful, you do need to have a moderate level of optimism um, and make sure you keep that in check. Um, yeah. And like the whole the, that whole aspect of of like the the downside of positive the upside and downside of positive psychology is really interesting Mm-hmm. totally we can delve yeah, into that in a different podcast I, I i feel like we just like went down a it wasn't this wasn't even on a run list no. and here we are yeah. <laughs> shocking <laughs> just like buddy going after porcupine you never know where <laughs> this gonna... it wasn't on, it wasn't on the run list for the day <laughs> but you ended up in the doggy er <laughs> life um, so Sarah, you had some, um, a comment here about unsolicited oh. advice part two. Yeah. What, what's the story? Okay. So I, I was thinking about this last week after we just talked about unsolicited advice in general. And I thought of this one moment when our, our mutual former coach, Darren, uh, he he couldn't help himself when he would see other people riding or running along. He loved loved to give advice to people unsolicited. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, and there was he's that guy. He's that guy. He's totally that. One guy. One time we were doing hill reps on the bike, and we're we're coming down. We see him behind this woman who's a local pro in Australia, and he is coaching her about her form. Not on your team, though. Not, like, not on really, our not team. Not coached by him. Not on our squad. <laughs> and we clear. were absolutely mortified as a group. Like, what is he thinking? You know, just giving this. She, you know, she can't help. She has him on her wheel and he's just barking at her. You know that he thinks he's helping. But it, but it, as I get older, this is the funny part. Uh, as I get older, I recognize that desire in me to give it unsolicited advice. I don't act out on it, but like it's getting stronger every year. So I don't know if like, as you get older, kind of that filter where you were like, but maybe, maybe I should give advice. I don't know. It's mostly in the pool. So for, for example, a few weeks ago, I saw somebody, uh, like he's, I think he's a local triathlete. I actually don't know who he is, but he always wears, uh, the flotation shorts, but they're not the shorts. It's like the three quarter length, uh, like more capris. So almost full leg floaty capris. Yeah. Like floaty capris. Um, I, I am not opposed to flotation shorts. They are a tool, but you have to be very mindful of them, not wear them all the time. Uh, but I'll save everybody just got a piece of unsolicited advice from Sarah. (laughs) Uh, by the way, see it's happening, but like, so I'm this, this guy is always, you know, I see him at the pool on a regular basis. Like he's, he's putting in some yards, um, but he was getting videotaped for his form. 
And the entire time I'm like, if you want your form to get better as a triathlete, take off those stupid pants and learn how to swim like without them. Because ultimately, yes, okay, wetsuit swims, you do get that benefit. But if you want to improve your form, you can't be relying on those, the, the flotation all the time. Like that buoyancy, it, it changes, it changes your body position. Like the, and I, I mean, whether it's, it's people's form, water running, like, you know, just, I, Sarah, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. Did you tell him? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm friendly with uh, the woman who was, who was videotaping, giving him the, the form advice. And I wanted to say something, but she knows. She knows. Mm. I don't need to say anything. Uh, but I just, I do recognize that impulse in myself, like getting stronger every year, where I just want to be like. Um, excuse me, you have no idea who I am, but if you want to get better at swimming, you should do this and this and this. I mean, I can't be that person, but I kind of want to be at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a certain, okay. I think there's a time and a place, right? Like, so there's a gray zone here, right? Because first of all, like the person you're talking about is trying, is clearly trying to improve his swimming. Yes. Right. So he's someone who's like actively search seeking advice. Right. There there are other people in the pool who are just trying to enjoy a little early morning swim. Right. And I don't and they don't give a crap about the I don't form. care about them. And I like right. So like those yes. are the wrong people to give like because if we go sorry, I'm gonna throw Darren under the bus a little bit here, but like if we go back to our it's it's happened before. Um, if we go back to our Darren example, like I can think of other times where he's giving advice to people, like whether that's at the pool or like, and I'm like, and all I'm thinking is like that they're not, they don't care about performance. Like they don't want your advice because they're just out for a casual bike ride, enjoying the French countryside. And they don't care what you have to say about their pedaling mechanics. Like, so like there's a level at which like some people don't recognize like that that part right so I think if we like if we take that out right I suspect that the person that you're talking about um like would appreciate feedback or it sounds like there's like they have a coach in the picture so well it's not my place it's unless unless somebody straight up asks you for advice Mm -hmm. I don't know like so it is it is okay. hard because yeah i i think i could give him five tips after observing this man swim for the past couple of years in the pool that would legitimately help him mm-hmm. and like, i see him trying to do the work mm-hmm. but i don't want to be that person <laughs> but i kind of want to be that person <laughs> I, get, I feel like the struggle's real. The, like, the struggle is real. I like that. I like that we're like associating with the other side, you know, right now. I think, I think too, okay, so in, here's where I'm relating to is sometimes even moreover, like even when folks are asking for advice, sometimes it's hard when the, when you, they think they're asking for something and you see something else. So this happens, this actually happens to us in our business a lot. Like we run an agency right? In which like someone comes to us and will ask us a specific question. So um, it might be about podcast production, um, editing, social media, um, and we do consulting and we do sometimes help people with 
on contracts with these types of things but like once you learn like what's happening in, in a business there's also like a level at which we're like uh you actually need this this and this mm. right so i'm i'm thinking of a specific example this happened today where um or this is this has happened like recently we've had a few people approach us for help with podcast production right so we're trying to figure out a system in which we could help people well, um, especially like help um, startups at a lower cost too. Um, and we, uh, people think that they want help editing. That's typically with podcasts. Like they're like, oh, I'll do all the talking. Someone else does all the editing. Great. Right. And we're sitting here going, where's your audience going to come from? Mm. <laughs> like, because I'm just like, I think, and like, that's actually something else we could help people with but like sometimes it's like hard to go okay so at that point like we can point that out but there's not much else we can do so like we know that like you can't just like you can't just like launch a podcast into the ether and hope that like people listen to it it doesn't work like that you know um like there's no funnel in to the podcast people don't just find you um and so it's like hard to like so I was like gently going maybe you could suggest that we add on another small consulting piece where we talk about like marketing the podcast Mm. right like not just editing the podcast so this this kind of stuff like yeah it happens like even when someone is asking you advice you're like and I don't want to be I always take this I always take things like okay what's the learning thing for me right so like how do I avoid like if I'm thinking about what I need to know about finance like where I'm at with finance is I'm like I don't even know what I don't know, mm-hmm. right? So if like, if that's where you are, like that's where your guy is with swimming. Like he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right. Like, or my podcast, our podcast person, like she doesn't know what she doesn't know. Yeah. So at what point do you go, oh, here's what you don't know. Or like being more like, rather than calling someone out for, for giving you unsolicited advice, being like, oh, maybe they see something that I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they know something I don't know. Yeah. It, it is it is such a fine balance. I mean, the, it's a different scenario if somebody's coming to you for advice and you're saying, hey, you have this one thing, but we could potentially also help you with this other thing that we think is equally, if not more important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think another key point to your swimming thing is that, like, you are an absolute expert in swimming. I'm... Right? Maybe true. Like, yeah. You're close. You're very close to expert level at swimming. I know. Like, come on. I know. I know some stuff. You, you, you're like. I know. You're like stuff. literally like in the top one percent of the population at understanding swimming. <laughs> like that's this is true, right? So like if you it's it's when it's when you have folks that aren't like when you have like. Um, well, that's... Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the unasked for advice that's, like, coming from, like, another amateur mm. where, on that topic where you're like, maybe not. Like, maybe don't. Maybe keep that. Maybe that's the keep that to yourself time. But you have expertise in swimming. I know. But unless somebody comes up to me and asks me, then I just feel like I'm overreaching. I don't know. Mm. Uh, give me a few more years. I won't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think our listeners should say, I think like literally every single listener right now is thinking, I wish Sarah would come and give me advice on my swimming. Because <laughs> that's what every like amateur triathlete wants. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's, that's them coming to me. That's not me just saying, mm, especially exactly. no, it's like, 
random pregnant lady they're like oh i know some stuff about swimming (laughs) (laughs) pregnant lady (laughs) i forgot about that (laughs) and i am not moving quickly in the pool these days oh yeah but you're not quickly is still well i don't know it's 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 not oh let's do that let's do it like what do you do what do you seriously what do you assume your 100s in right now like i'm not if i i'm not even timing so you're not timing no no you've given up on timing oh months ago yeah because months ago Mm, i like i've given up on data because all that all that i'm looking at is total time because it doesn't Mm. like it it was it's not that it was messing with my head or anything but uh i realized that i just want to approach exercise and pregnancy for like my mental health my physical health and at some point I'll get back to times and everything. So I will do sets where it's very open-ended where I'm just like 15 seconds rest between intervals or 10 okay. seconds rest. And I just totally ignore pace. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I just work way better with like a, a clock. So like I actually ended up clocking without really any feelings about it. Like watching my pace steadily get slower over several months and then watching it steadily get faster after I got back in the pool after mm. Rosie was born um, and I like actually kind of enjoyed that but it, it was more like the kind of thing of like what motivates me in an individual session right. so I remember doing like I literally remember doing like 100s like 10 100s on 150 mm-hmm. where I'm swimming like 134 right. <laughs> you know like there's no you know for me that's not a that's that's just like this is what I'm swimming yeah this is the turnaround time um, and it was actually kind of fun to watch myself go, okay, for this kind of, for kind of moderate effort, this is what I'm going to do. Mm. Um, no, my ego's too fragile. I mean, that's what I'm learning right now. <laughs> you're like, cannot, <laughs> cannot handle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once, once I started seeing it, yeah, go downhill, I'm like, I, it's just, it was taking away from my enjoyment of swimming. So mm-hmm. I decided it just doesn't matter. Um. But it would right. it would be interesting to track if mm-hmm. if I weren't such a delicate flower. <laughs> we can work on that part of your psychology, Sarah. I, I, I know some people. Don't worry. Great. Oh man. So speaking of delicate flowers, uh, what's going on, Miss Boss, in Feisty World? In Feisty Land. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break, and oh. then I'm going to talk about our Feisty okay. Land news. Okay. If We Were Riding is a feisty podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at If We Were Riding. And we love hearing from our feisty friends. So please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com. That's Sarah without an H. Right. So just grab your phone, record an audio file and email it to me and we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is proudly partnered with Orca Sportswear. For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around. Okay, so some of you may have heard our amazing ad that Sarah and I read at the, at the top of the show. Um, we are So last year, we launched the Feisty team, which was our triathlon team. And I 
Um, like for years, I had been like, I'm not having a triathlon team. Like it feels like every freaking triathlon company has like some kind of ambassador program or team and they launch it around Kona time. And like, it's just, I was like, no, hard no. Um, and then when COVID hit last year and we were kind of like, we, we did some happy hours and we were like, you know what? I think people would really appreciate having a community um, of feisty friends. <laughs> so, so we created that community for folks and so for a year we've been um doing like once a couple times a month i've been doing like a feisty huddle social activity and then we've been doing we've had challenges every month with prizes um and we've had a feisty expert talking about some aspect of performance triathlon um and we just got our uh feisty kits too from Orca so that was fun um so this year so this is like the one year like coming up it's May now like it's like the one year anniversary of the feisty team launch so we're relaunching the team and we're celebrating with a mini summit because it's like it's essentially like although you wouldn't know it living in Canada but I I gather from social media (laughs) that triathlon has started up again you know Mm -hmm. we had St. George last weekend we've had some races like people are planning races things are happening um, and so it's kind of like the, like a restart summit and we're calling it level up, um, only because we can do like amazing Instagram reels to that song by Ciara. Nice. You know I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so Sarah, you're going to be there, right? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Count me in. All the fun. Yeah. We're going to host a conversation. We have, I think, and some of it's like blurry to me, which day's which. So it's happening over three days, like May 18th to 20th in the evening. So we're having like a couple of 45 minute speakers with, um, with, uh, like Q and A's after, um, about like nutrition, training with your female physiology, uh, what the restart looks like. So I think the evening you and I are up, we're going to talk about, um, training, I think like heading into a season for the first time in like you know, a year to 18 months for a lot of people. Um, and uh, and we're going to talk to um, Victoria Brumfield from USAT about the, you know, about triathlon starting up again, what it looks like, what to expect, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's going to be our evening nice. um, that we're hosting. We're doing afterwards, we're doing like happy hours and networking stuff, which is really fun. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, on the virtual platform that we have, you can like, there's some really fun networking features where you can like, hang out with people and we'll have our sponsors there to hang out so I think it's going to be a really fun kickoff so I'm stoked yeah it, it sounds like you've taken some of the things you learned from the women's performance summit and you're applying it to uh this level up thing. yes yeah. exactly yeah. like okay. some of those things like like specific like the women's performance summit was like broadly women's performance broadly right um and this is like more triathlon specific it's a bit more micro like it's not Mm. the women's performance summit was a pretty big learning intense weekend this is like six sessions over three days um and but the yeah the fact that your team like that was kind of a warm-up in some ways like now Mm -hmm. you now you know how to run these things Mm -hmm. yeah we're learning how to do stuff Yeah. yeah for sure um yeah, so for us, it's just like you sign up for the Feisty team and you get the summit. Or you can come, like, if you want to dip your toes in and, like, just find out what the Feisty team's about, you can also just purchase a summit and come hang out with us for three days um, and then see if you want to stay on. And it's, like, pretty low cost. Like, I think the Feisty team's, like, $23 a month or something, 200 
low 200s for the full year so um and like the sponsor discounts of the prizes like you get your money back in that it's it's a bit of a no-brainer honestly um but yeah i'm excited i love like triathlons where we started so i love like just and like a lot of our like you know a lot of like the key players that people have been like hanging out with us for years like some people like four years since we started you know um are still with us and we'll still be having happy hour with them on <laughs> on that week in may so i know. love that well i mean so so much a big part of that team was really creating cultivating community mm-hmm. and it's just yeah it sounds like this is this is an extension of that totally the other thing we're doing too is like actively like because you remember like there was a lot of um like that's when the black lives matter mm-hmm. stuff kicked up like really kicked up at the next level um and there was a lot of there's been a lot of like talk in triathlon around creating that kind of social change that that we're looking for so like we're continuing to have those kind of conversations too um so we do have like we have uh dr shauna Payne gold and lisa ingerfield coming and talking to us about that stuff too like it's not just like a one and done like oh we talked about anti-racism last year but now like whatever move on like (laughs) um we're definitely still having those conversations i mean that that was part of your value structure as a company to begin with and extending that but that is a really interesting point that we could follow up with is kind of checking in and seeing how lasting that's been in the triathlon space where there was a lot of buzz about how can we increase increase inclusivity and seeing whether companies and race directors and everybody are actually sticking to that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation. I think um, like for us, we like, like you say, like we were always sort of like we were always sort of committed to that. And like we see it as with, with the Outspoken Summit too, which is our triathlon in-person summit which hopefully fingers crossed is going to happen in tempe in the fall um but like we are sorry i lost my train of thought um yeah it was a huge part we're talking about yeah yeah we're talking about restarting like triathlon has an opportunity almost to like restart from scratch like to recreate like how like we don't know which races are going to continue to exist Mm. and like we can recreate how inclusive our sport is you know like we have a chance to for a restart um so that's really what <clears throat> like a lot of the conversations we'll be having it outspoken and we're going to start that too at this at our mini summit here um as well nice mm-hmm. well sarah thank you for another amazing week of animal stories and triathlon ish talk <laughs> hopefully i will give you an update on yeah. buddy next week i know you're going to be on the edge of your seats uh to find out whether or not his paws broken um but yeah everybody thanks for listening to another week and keep leveling up none of you people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top